knowing that an emotion is not bad, but that it's rather a symptom of like a deeper concern or hang up or uncertainty is what you have to work through. So instead of, of just ignoring it, pushing it away, just crushing it, going forward anyway, looking at what's at the root of that is actually what's going to allow you to utilize that sort of surge of performance. And it, it causes the emotion to dissipate. You, know, you, you let it go. The end of working through an emotional situation or emotional feeling is letting go. Mm-hmm. But if you don't ever get there, it just waits like an angry beaver in the darkness of your mind. It just waits to pounce on you when you least expect it. You're listening to the Addicted to Fitness podcast, brought to you by Elemental Training Tampa. Now, here's your hosts, Nick and Shannon Birch. Thanks for stopping by and checking out another edition of the Addicted to Fitness podcast. We're going to dive into a very, I would say, complex problem that's many layers, but we're going to try to dig into it and really explain why we think anxiety has an image problem in today's yes. world. I love that you referenced layers. Mm-hmm. Immediately went to the onion. Mm-hmm. It's like an onion. It's got yep. many layers. You just peel back. People are like onions. They got <laughs> a lot of layers and they stink. <laughs> But yeah, so we're going to try to talk, uh, get into anxiety and maybe properly define it and or why it needs to be defined because maybe some people have a, a, actually inaccurate perception of it. Yes, so, I would say so. Mm-hmm. So, but before we get into that, guys, I want to praise you guys. We got heaps of praise upon you guys for listening to the Addicted to Fitness podcast. We're over 360 episodes. And thanks to you guys, um, we are uh, essentially five-star rated podcasts on Apple Podcasts. Um, thank you if you've already given us a rating and review. If not, you can leave your uh, feelings about the podcast in Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast app, and that actually helps us reach more people when they search for health and fitness podcasts. So, Feelings and thoughts. Mm-hmm. Please do so. You can also uh, connect directly with us by... Uh, following us on Instagram at the ATF podcast. That's right. T H E ATF podcast. So, uh, always send us a DM. We'd be happy to respond to you guys. And of course, uh, we love for you guys to uh, support our sponsors, the Amino Co. Uh, check out aminoco.com slash ATF to learn more about our favorite pre and post workout products. And you'll hear more about them in a little bit. So on to training recaps. Would you like me to go first? Sure. <laughs> You're on a roll. I would say my training recap was intense this week. Um, I think I got to, I believe I got to jujitsu every day this week. Whoa. So I got jujitsu Monday through Friday. Jeez. Yeah. So I knew um, it's coming up. It probably, I think I might mention it. I have the uh, tournament this coming Saturday. So I knew I wanted this be this a, be a heavy training week. Um, so I was able to get that in. I was able to accomplish that. So 
um, I guess I, I did my I did a good job of I would say varying the intensity. Yeah. You know, I had some uh, really intense roles and some just really technical roles. Um, got to uh, roll with the essentially the punches god, <laughs> the essentially the I would say the patriarch of the Gracie Tampa Gracie Tampa Gracie Tampa system, Rob wow. Tom. He's the basically he's the one who started Gracie Tampa, um, so or started you know Gracie Jiu Jitsu here in Tampa, Florida. So he was actually cool. teaching a teaching a Wednesday twelve o'clock class, which I normally never get to go to. But one of my clients uh, was able to had to start early, so I was able to go to that class. Um, got to take a class from him and actually got to roll with him at the very end, which was That's um, cool. you know humbling and lightning and uh, frustrating and rewarding <laughs> all in the same uh, six minutes. So uh, yeah, so today so this, many emotions. this week was kind of ideal. I would say ramp up week before the tournament. So now I'm going to kind of slow back down. Um, got a couple days of training at the beginning of the week, but then I'm going to kind of start recovering before Saturday. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. So that might you guys stay in tune. We might be giving you a some. Uh, I'm sure we'll give you an update on what happened during the tournament in the next podcast. It's gonna be a family affair. Mm-hmm. So besides that, uh, I would say you know try to do my best to stretch and recover, um, strength training when I can. But that was uh, the main focus this week was jujitsu, and I feel like I accomplished it. How about you? I was less so, <laughs> less, <laughs> less accomplished, less, less intense, intense mm-hmm. less everything. Um, I didn't sleep all this week. I didn't really get out of bed um, early enough. So I only got like a couple days in. It was mostly really focused on stretching and yoga. Just did my own. Like I didn't even do classes this week. I did. I did like a yoga strength kind of hybrid one day, and I did just more like yoga stretching another day. Um, but it just, I just was not feeling it this week at all. So, um, yeah, that that was my week. It's, it's not near anything near what you did. Mm. So, Woo-hoo. well, those those weeks happen, and uh, the key is to. Just roll with it and reset and get back after it when you can. I think it goes with anybody, you know, whether it be an injury or, like I said, a, a terrible sleep week, which do happen. Um, you got to just kind of realize that, put that behind you and realize, or when you can, once you're refreshed and you got the energy to get back into your normal routine, you jump right back in. You know, yes. Don't don't let it be like one of those negative feedback loops that keep you down. Look forward to when you're feeling refreshed and you can get back to your normal movement schedule. Yeah, I uh, I think it's all about meeting mm-hmm. where you are, and sometimes you're gonna have to make some pretty big compromises. Right. Other times you can go as hard as you want. It's the joy of being human, folks. Mm-hmm. So now, speaking about joy of being human. (laughs) Let's talk about something that people are just thrilled with. Mm -hmm. I think something that every human has to deal with. And it's, I don't know if we're, most people or if anybody is really dealing with it properly. Or maybe some people are, have an inaccurate perception of anxiety and how to deal with it. Yeah. 
you brought up this topic to me. <clears throat> you gave me a real good kind of a really, I said, well thought out description of what you mean about having about anxiety having an image problem. Yes. So I think it's actually been in some of our trends the last couple of years. When we talk about the beginning of the year, we predict what the well-being or health fitness trends are going to be for the year. And mental health has been on there in some capacity in recent years pretty Mm -hmm. steadily. And every single year we see more focus being on mental health as it should because it's been ignored for so long. But one aspect of mental health that is getting a real bad rap and is kind of being used almost like a scapegoat, I think, in a way, by like marketing companies and just, you know, the general public is anxiety. Mm -hmm. Because you mentioned it earlier, but you said it as kind of a question. You're like, it's something everyone deals with? Absolutely. Everybody has anxiety. Mm -hmm. Because guess what? It is a completely natural response. Totally natural. Mm -hmm. It is not something wrong with you. It is you responding to stimuli and having a physical reaction. The problem is that we are not taught to cope with anxiety at all. Only in certain professions where you may hear of like that sort of like rush that like athletes get or like, you know, public speakers might get this or like, you know, you're, you're a doctor and you're about to go into surgery. There is anxiety there. But those people in those specific instances are actually taught to harness anxiety for performance. Mm-hmm. It is not the anxiety that is the harm. It's rather the fact that most of the population has no idea how to handle it. Yeah, I think like uh, it's you're absolutely correct, and it's I think it's something that can has to have. I mean, I know we're, we're not talking about possible solutions yet or anything like that, but. Um, I feel just from personal experience, I'm sure I shared it on the podcast, not to keep dwelling on martial arts, but I felt a lot of anxiety when I was first started training in martial arts, uh, when it came to go to like sparring, you know, when it came to kickboxing sparring, I remember driving to the gym every time and feeling anxious and failing anxiety and then getting in there and actually having to go through the motions and actually harnessing that feeling as almost like a, uh, not just fuel, but as in even like a, a survival kind of mechanism mm-hmm. that I knew that obviously I knew that I wasn't going to get hurt to a real certain extent, <laughs> right? but that I could actually use that feeling of anxiety to essentially, uh, and I think you just used the phrase, fuel the performance. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, but that's something like you said, it's, it's something you got to practice in order, you got to practice the the skill of using anxiety. Right. And so like athletes and people that are in high stress situations or performance based situations, 
really probably learn to kind of harness that energy and like they know what's triggering the anxiety. So instead, the common response, I think, for most people is you either run away from it, like, mm-hmm. oh, no, 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 go, no, no, I'm not going to do with this, I'm not going to deal with this, and you run away. There's the idea, like, I'm going to crush this anxiety, like the, the fighting kind of mentality, like, I'm just going to crush it, this is not going to slow me down, just like, push through. And then there is the ignore, put your head in the sand and wait for it to go away mm-hmm. scenario, like ostrich style, ostriching. Mm-hmm. Just made it. I just made a verb, ostriching. <laughs> I feel like that could be, fun. but I, I'll, I'll let you have the ownership of it. So uh, this is like great visual. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is really how we're told to deal with anxiety. Because think about in your life. What have you been told? And like, what do you associate with anxiety? Well, that it's bad, that you need to reduce it in order to feel better. So you either need to get away from it, probably number one. Right? Yeah, I would say yeah. yes. Yeah. Eliminate it. Try to eliminate it from your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's, yeah, that's the things I think I've been heard, heard the most, even though, like I said, I don't know. I necessarily agree with it, but I feel like that has been promoted, that idea, the most for sure. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So here's here's the shocking truth that I recently heard oh, somewhere. Shocking. Shocking truth. Mm-hmm. Anxiety, a lot of people, so your body responds to external stimuli, external stresses, and internal stresses, right? It's the difference between an anxious situation where you're not actually being put in a life-threatening situation. You're not, you're not, there's not a tiger in front of you or there's not a car barreling out of control coming right at you, which is like an external stimuli, right? Mm -hmm. Where just fear kicks in and instinctively your body floods your brain with that fight, flight, freeze response, right? Mm -hmm. So the hormones rush in and just like with an internal stimuli, which is the anxiety kind of thing, not life-threatening, right? Probably not life-threatening. Right. Um, you still have this rush of, of hormones and chemicals in your brain that are all about like, okay, you need to make a decision. You need, like it sharpens your focus. It kind of like dulls the moment in terms of like giving you some dopamine and that's what allows you to actually be sharper and perform. Now, a word from our sponsors. If you tune into the Addicted to Fitness podcast on a regular basis, you know we do a training recap on every episode. Shannon and I share what we did for our exercise and fitness during the week. So you hear that we are doing a ton of exercise. Um, and recently, I've been trying to up my game, try to increase the intensity of that exercise. And being 38, going on 39, it's been hard, I'll be honest. But it's gotten a little bit easier over the last month or so because I've been using the, the Perform product from the Amino Company. The Perform product increases peak strength and endurance levels during exercise. It's three times more effective on the gram for gram basis than any other protein source. It improves cognitive function, focus, and concentration. 
decreases recovery time by quickly rebuilding muscle tissue, and it happens to be keto-friendly, soy-free, vegan, gluten-free, and non-GMO. So anybody, depending, regardless, I should say, of your diet requirements can try this product. Guys, I've honestly been using this product for the last month or so, and I can tell you with uh, the utmost sincerity that my intensity and my ability to progress during my workouts has improved, okay? So head to aminoco.com, check out their products, and... Bonus for you listeners, you get 30% off by using the code ATF at checkout. Better yet, go to aminoco.com slash ATF, read more about their uh, their scientifically backed benefits. You can see pictures of yours truly, uh, and also read the testimonial that I read, uh, that my honest testimonial about how I feel about these products. So once again, visit aminoco.com slash ATF, and if you want to buy any of the products, use the code ATF at checkout. But if you don't work through it and just start experiencing this, you know, the tiger goes away, right? And you calm down, hopefully. Meanwhile, when it's like an internal stimuli, it's anxiety. Anxiety is an emotion. It is not that like fear-driven response. It's an emotional response based on your uncertainty about a future or future event. So it's it's uncertainty that is what's triggering that physical reaction. It can lead to all the unpleasant things like we associate with like, you know, panic attacks and all mm-hmm. these other things, right? But you do this for a reason. You have this emotion for a reason. And we're not taught to explore it at all. And the only way through emotional distress, similar to what a lot of trauma doctors will tell you, is to work through it. So instead of saying, well, I'm just going to like avoid this situation because, you know, I'm getting stressed and I need to not have stress. If you can sort of overpower that automatic instinctual reaction that floods your brain with all the things and like you have this big reaction whether it's deep breathing mindfulness practice you know some people it's you can calm yourself with touch sound all different things Mm -hmm. you flip the switch on that automatic response but then you have to look at and examine what caused that anxiety because an emotion as i think a lot more people are learning today thankfully emotional intelligence is a bit more of a common term there you know there's organizations that exist to teach emotional intelligence to kids and adults now um knowing that an emotion is not bad but that it's rather a symptom of like a deeper concern or hang up or uncertainty is what you have to work through. So instead of of just ignoring it, pushing it away, just crushing it, going forward anyway, looking at what's at the root of that is actually what's going to allow you to utilize that sort of surge of performance 
and it it causes the emotion to dissipate you, know, you you let it go the end of working through an emotional situation or emotional feeling is letting go mm-hmm. but if you don't ever get there it just waits like an angry beaver in the darkness of your mind it just waits to pounce on you when you least expect it <laughs> all right so what you're saying People are like onions, and anxiety unchecked is an angry beaver in the darkness. Gotcha. Avoid beavers. <laughs> um, but somebody so, probably has a phobia of beavers, and they're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> so um, instead of avoiding anxiety, we need to embrace it, and then, like you said, try to find what's at the root cause of the anxiety. You mentioned yeah. an onion earlier. Maybe that's a better analogy. Did I or did you? You did. I did? Okay. Um, Peeling back the layers. Uh-huh. Getting to the center of the onion to find right. out what's really there. Okay. Maybe that's better. You know, that, that's that's basically what you're doing with anxiety is you have to peel back the layers. So are you thinking when I then we kind of get back to what we originally say it has an anxiety as an image problem, do you think people are more promoting the idea of just avoiding Absolutely. So it, this is all of like the science and I'm not like, I'm very passionate about this. This is actually something that I do coaching around. Mm -hmm. Um, and this was a really huge reason, like probably the number one reason that I got into well-being teaching and coaching at all was because I suffered with anxiety for years mm-hmm. since I was in high school. And if you guys know how old we are, then you know that's a while ago. A long time ago. So I only recently realized that every time I thought I conquered and overcame my anxiety, I didn't because mm-hmm. I was still thinking it was this dark, evil, angry beaver. And I was just trying to avoid it. I was just trying to you know, throw my energy, like redirect my energy into other things. And, oh, guess what? It came back in a totally different, even worse form. Like I had anxiety attacks when I was in high school. Mm -hmm. Those turned into night terrors as an adult. Mm. When I thought I overcame my anxiety, I never learned to actually deal with it. I had learned to sort of, you know, Heisman it. Like, get away from me. Yeah, you're, looking, you're losing a lot of knowledge. I'm trying, I'm trying to give some visuals here. I know. Because emotions it's are so not like a physical thing that you can for the audio podcast, see. No. <laughs> I say this as I'm like, oh, I could go to bed right now. Um, but yeah, I understand what you're saying. So keep, keep going, explaining. So I got postpartum anxiety, which I didn't even know was a freaking thing. Not after, in high school. Not in high school, after yeah. I had Ella. Right. She's the only child I've had before. And it was debilitating. It was every minute of every single day, and I couldn't escape it. And I didn't know what to do. I had no time to work out. I had no energy. I was anxious during the day. I was anxious during the night. I just, I was floundering. I had no idea what to do. All my usual escapes that I used to run to were gone. Mm-hmm. So what did I do? 
I actually started talking myself through it and I started doing self-reflections, which is basically self-awareness exercises to understand why am I feeling these ways? What set this off? What's truly behind my feelings of uncertainty about this particular day or situation? And when you know, those became my saving grace. Mm -hmm. Because for the first time in my life, I was 35 years old before I actually learned to cope with it. And it was because I started looking more into meditation. I learned more about the importance of being present, about self-inquiry, about self-awareness. These things are not taught. You know, your kids are learning about them, and that's great. But it's also important for adults to be aware of this and model this. Because otherwise, kids are going to see us having the same struggles as them. And they're not going to really understand how to move through these situations. So it was, it was some very interesting events that sort of triggered a lot of these realizations. And it all came back to the fact that I was like, I've been saying the same thing to people. Like you have to control your anxiety. You must control it. Don't let it control you, which is a stupid lie. It's Mm -hmm. such a stupid lie. And I mean, I know friends who've gone and got like medication because they were, they would have such bad anxiety that they, they kind of couldn't function. Right. Which is, you know, it's very common. And I see it like being promoted, like, oh, if you're stressed and anxious, Just take this pill. It's fine. And you know what? It is. It is fine. But you're still going to need to learn to deal with this stuff. Because unlike a pill which washes away that external symptom, the cause of it is going to be that angry beaver in the damn darkness. Mm -hmm. And the longer you ignore it, the worse it gets. Bigger the damn beaver. To pick up the beaver, <laughs> but the like the more beavers, the more the more like hidden. Like think of it, you know, there there's more of them, right? And they don't go away. You have to work through it. I mean, this is like getting into the discussion around trauma, right? It's it is it's emotional, like understanding how you work through emotions and how that affects you physically, like. It can turn into a fear-based situation. When I had night terrors, I was afraid to sleep. Mm-hmm. I would sit up and watch TV until 2 o'clock in the morning because I was terrified of not being like so exhausted that I just passed out cold. That was the only thing. I was so terrified I was going to have a dream where I died or someone I knew died like a horrific death. Mm-hmm. That was my night terrors, and it felt so real. I was terrified. So it can, like, it can become these debilitating phobias, which is, again, that's what the sort of the teaser of, like, you know, you've got to control anxiety or else it's going to get worse. And Mm -hmm. we've said it on this podcast. I know we have about, like, you know, you have to really manage your anxiety. But until recently, I don't think... even I really understood 
how you can't manage it, you can't control it, you really need to learn to cope. Mm-hmm. You really need to work through it. That is nowhere. Right. Like that's so few places. And, you know, it's it's one more difficult thing people have to learn to work through. But there are a lot of different tools that you can use to do this. I think it's a very worthwhile um, thing that, if I have any say in it, I'm going to work to write anxiety's horrible reputation right now because mm-hmm. it is like people have a bad day and they say, well, I have anxiety. And I, it's like, so, so do I. Yeah. Like join the world, right. folks. We all have anxiety. But, and I'm not trying to minimize people's severe anxiety issues because like I said, I've been there. It is debilitating. But true healing is only going to happen when you cope and learn to work with anxiety. Maybe you don't have to hold hands and skip, but, you know, being able to move through it, get past it and let it go Mm -hmm. is so important. So, I mean, this whole realization was a huge eye opener for me, but that was why I, was, I brought it up to you and said, we need to talk about this horrible image problem. I think anxiety is being used as the scapegoat for most mental health organizations and initiatives. And they're not really teaching us how to cope with it. They're mm-hmm. just telling us how to push it away, to control it, to manage it. That is not coping it, coping with it. Right. They're, tra- they're teaching how to minimize it. it, but not like cope with it. Right? To utilize it, which oh, is yes. I mean, you have to you you can learn to utilize it. Right. I think that's that's really ultimately where it could be reframed. Right. Yeah. Like so said, the approach can as be a different. communications professional for most of my life mm-hmm. so far, um, I have very different careers. <laughs> Uh, absolutely. The whole reference to anxiety needs to be reframed. And for companies to really talk about doing meaningful things with anxiety, I want to hear and see them talking about coping, utilizing, moving through anxiety. Wow. There you go. So, I think that, that lays it out right there. Bam. That's a good synopsis right there. So you want to take those angry beavers and just toss them out. I want to kick those angry beavers. Just let them go. Let them go downriver, man. Okay. Good. Uh, You're going to have to find a picture of an angry beaver now for the Instagram. I got you. That was a TV show. I'm convinced that was a TV (laughs) show. Angry beaver. I swear it was a cartoon. I remember angry birds. Pretty sure, like I said, uh, yes, I know Angry Birds, but I'm pretty sure Angry Beavers was a TV show. Um, to the TV Google. Show, TV show. But not only am I pumped for finding a picture of an angry beaver, but I am pumped for this next section of the podcast, what we like to call What's Got Us Pumped. Yeah. A lot, so, of, a lot of being pumped right there. I'm going to sh- throw it to you about what's got you pumped since I did the training recap first. Thank you. Thank you. So a lot of this sort of aha and reframing, I knew about 
the the image issue of anxiety, but I didn't really understand how to reframe, reposition it until I heard a keynote by a doctor named Tracy Dennis Tawari. I had a lovely friend, Sarah, who invited me to a luncheon, and it was a fundraiser for an organization that focuses on emotional intelligence. And they had her as their keynote for their 600 guests. And she wrote a book called Future Tense, Why Anxiety is Good for You, Even Though It Feels Bad. And when I first heard someone say, anxiety is good for you, I wanted to punch somebody. I was like, that is not how I would reframe it. But when she went in, she referenced, you know, she's a scientist. She's she's a therapist and she is um she's someone who has published many many papers in the scientific community and she wrote this book and I really appreciated the way that she framed it and how she differentiated between like fear kind of uh stressors mm-hmm. and then anxiety and why they're actually different and why anxiety as an emotion is not the enemy and that was really when she she also had mentioned like it has a pr problem and i said yeah it's being vilified mm-hmm. and it, it's the scapegoat for so many things in the marketing community has just grabbed onto anxiety as this worst, like worst case thing that you have to avoid. And yet, like that's that's the opposite of what we want to do. So she laid out some really great steps. You know, she helps people with this. Um, I'm excited to get into this book. I'm really pumped for the book. Nice. Because she's also a parent. And she had she actually read from her book in her keynote this really funny parenting situation mm-hmm. which i'm not going to read to you all here because this podcast will be too long but that was so relatable because it was all about how even her a professional a dream professional was reacting to her son's stress with stress mm-hmm. and not helping like she was just telling him you know get over it let it go you're doing great you know why are you being why are you being so like annoying? Like, what are you doing? And she realized afterwards, she's like, it, she accidentally recorded herself saying this pep talk to her son. And she was like, afterwards I read it and I wanted to delete it. And I wanted to ball, you know, mm-hmm. cause she realized after that's not how you handle someone with anxiety. As a parent, you have to help prepare your kids for anxiety, not tell them, push it away, push it away, push it away, ignore it, get past it. So I I really related with her at that moment because I realized that that same morning I had done the exact same thing to Ella. Mm-hmm. And I was like, son of a gun. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. And she gave such usable tips on how to help other people prepare them for anxiety, but then also to kind of walk them through it right 
So I am very excited to read her book. Again, it's called Future Tense, Why Anxiety is Good for You Even Though It Feels Bad. Her name is Tracy Dennis Tawari. Um, if anybody else has read her stuff or heard her talk, you know, comment. Let us know your thoughts. Yeah. And, yeah. The big picture of a blowfish. Not it a does. beaver, though, on the front. It's not a beaver. It's like a very surprised-looking blowfish. So that's a cool thing to be pumped about. I am pumped about something else pretty cool, and I think I alluded to it last week. Uh, my results of my MRI came back. Everything's all clear. Um, no other issues besides some sort of viral ear infection that I had several months ago that so weird. affected my hearing and permanently, weird. according to the doctor, for the second time. Um, you know, he kind of went into a little bit of details. He's like, you know, normal people. He's like, some people do. Normal? Not normal, but he said normally is what I was trying to say. Uh. Normally people who get this type of ear infection, it's mild and they have vertigo or dizziness for a couple of weeks or so and then it goes away and there's no other issues. But you had a more severe case and basically yours caused hearing damage. So uh, I'm going to get a hearing aid consult, see if I want to do a hearing aid or hold off, see if it's necessary for me right now. So I want to follow up to that, but... Uh, moral of the story is bigger news is that I don't have a brain tumor, so that's good. I, yeah, I <laughs> I think that I know you talked about your experience like a couple mm -hmm. weeks back, yep. but I mean to go through all of that and like I I didn't say it out loud, but I was anxious. Yeah, about the results, I was very very fearful, not mm -hmm. fearful, uncertain about this you know, what's going to happen. Yeah. And I was super relieved when I got the text from you saying, I'm okay. Yeah, all clear. <laughs> yeah, me too. You know, obviously I I feel like uh, it was one of those things is that when I got the MRI, I didn't get any, no I didn't even get a notification that my MRI, MRI, blah, MRI results were back. So it's like, well, I got to take that as a good sign. That they're yeah. not rushing me in to get it checked, but anywho, but yep. Excuse me. All clear. It could be All like good. my doctor who just sits and on I'm pretty them for pumped a month. For that. So I, I would say I'm pumped for that. Hopefully you guys got pumped for this episode. You found it useful. And if you found this episode useful, you should go back in the archive and check out the other 360 so ones that we've done previously. Just There's a few. You I'm sure you'll find some useful knowledge in the, those episodes. Check out uh addicted to fitness dot Addicted to fitness. Addicted to uh, to see all those episodes. Only you know Apple Podcasts or Spotify only has the last one hundred, so you have to go to the website in order to see the whole archive. So please do that. Oh, Give us a follow on Instagram at the ATF Podcast. Visit our sponsors, the AminoCo at aminoco.com slash ATF, and don't forget to subscribe so you can tune in. And be basically have the next week's episode downloaded right to your phone. Yes. You got anything else for him tonight? No. This has been another edition of the Addicted Fitness Podcast. We'll check you next time. Bye. For all things Addicted to Fitness, you can check out our website, addictedtofitnesspodcast.com. You can also give us a follow on Twitter at the ATF Podcast and like and follow the Addicted to Fitness Podcast Facebook page. Last but not least, please give us a rating and review in the iTunes store. Thanks.